Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You you forgot clown frauds. Oh, Oh, damn it. I mean... Do you know who who else forgot about clown frauds? Not Purdue. Kirk Ferentz. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A part of the Touchline Media Group web of podcasts and things check them out at touchlinefracas.co.uk the s might be silent but for our purposes uh it's touchline fracas.co.uk um i'm your host asa smith here to talk with you about uh stuff with the footballs and the other footballs and how those things uh played out over the weekend uh, co-host Greg uh, joins us as well as our good friends Kevin and Angus. Um, this week's episode is brought to you by the Anchor app as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group for all of your NIL and employment law and in-house counsel needs. Check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. Let's get right into it with uh, Greg and Kevin talking about the uh, the round, not the pointy football. How's it going, Coach Kevin? Oh, it's going great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, relishing the uh, the experience that is cross country travel. Ooh, very nice. Where were you flying from? New York. That is directly cross country. Yep. <laughs> no yep. other way to describe that. That sounds no. terrible. Yeah, it was miserable. Although it, it was an interesting thing because, like, uh, I hadn't flown since like COVID started, uh, and this is super relevant to our listeners. But um, everybody wears a mask on a plane. I was like, uh, I was like shocked because uh, the internet had made me believe that like people were fighting about it and it didn't really happen. I think most of the people that fought about it either decided not to fly anymore or have since been blacklisted by airlines. That that's, makes sense. That's probably true. There's some, uh, there's some self-selection there. Yeah, because the mass thing started like last year and there's been slowly less proliferate proliferation of uh videos of people throwing fits about it 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Also, Anyways, if you fly, then you have to give your ID, and then they know you were at the insurrection on January 6th. Right. And, and you know, that's how you get in trouble. That's how they get you. Anyways, uh, some soccer happened this weekend. Uh, I want to start uh, first talking about um, a demotion. Relegation, if you will. Uh, I don't know what the level is below sergeant in the U.S. military, but Josh is no longer Josh Sargent. I believe he is, what, Josh Private? I mean, that's all the way down. <laughs> I like, what, 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 what's, what's just below Sargent? Somebody, uh... somebody look this up. Because, uh, you know, I, I think many of our listeners will have seen it. Uh, and if they haven't, Josh Sargent played a very, very good game, by all accounts, yesterday. But he had an open net. And he just, he just could not get the ball there. <laughs> And this was like, it was like, what, like 12 yards out? Yeah, give or take. And he just like slow rolled it and it didn't go in. And Norwich continues to not have a win on the season. Yeah, he was, he was very clearly trying to not <laughs> field goal it over the top and instead just forgot to kick it. Um, it was, it, and it's like, it's the whole thing with him. Like where we like, we've, oh. we've joked for, for a long time about about him his inability to score goals and like that was just like he's in his own head in such a deep way <laughs> yeah i mean that's the perfect encapsulation of what we've been saying about like you just need to see balls go in the net uh that one was <laughs> so long that he hasn't seen a ball in the net that he just tried to like guide it in there and that's not how you do it yeah uh... someone someone playing with confidence does something very different in that situation <laughs> Yeah. And, and like, I, I don't know, like, that's like, that's, that's the layup that you need to, to make so that you can get your shit together. Uh, he, he did not. And, um, I, I mean, it's, it's every day that he goes without scoring goals. It's like, it, it becomes like a bigger thing. Um, I mean, somebody that knows soccer better can correct me, but I would think that the easiest thing to do there would just be to literally dribble it into the net. <laughs> I, I think that like every, like, there's like a, uh, a sense that like every touch you take is like slower than somebody sprinting. Um, yeah, I mean that makes sense. And like you can kick the ball faster than people can run conceptually. Right. <laughs> well, I, I agree. I think that like an extra touch it gets them that much closer to goal and gets them in rhythm. All right, let's say this. Give him a. He could have done ninety nine different things there, and probably most of them would have resulted in a goal <laughs> versus what had happened. Um, that's it, it's tough for him because he also he's clearly fit in playing games and was clearly not in camp for the U S um, it's a tough thing for him to be dealing with Josh corporal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for circling back on that. I mean, like I, I, I knew that you were right that there was something between, I couldn't figure it out. Josh corporal. Uh, so that, that, that was probably like the, the, the most upsetting thing that happened. <laughs> Um, that, yeah, most of my knowledge of the American military ranks comes from watching Band of Brothers, and that, it's been like a decade, so. Yeah, so uh, Spielberg produced uh, military aside, um, because I, I think you also would have gotten stuff from Saving Private Ryan. Yep, you got it. <laughs> um, private, again. Uh, but so so the other, the other bit of, like, U.S. men's national team news of, like, bullshit nature... Um, Chris Richards played like 50 minutes on Friday after playing 90 minutes for the U S national team on Wednesday. 
And uh, whoever the manager is over at Hoffenheim, uh, don't do that shit. It's not nice. Don't do that to the kid. There has to be some level of agreement there, though, right? Like Chris Richards. Well, I guess, again, you're asking the athlete. The athlete's always going to say, I can go. And also, he's 21. Yeah. So he's a little bit more pliable than, you know, John Brooks, who that might have literally killed. Uh, (laughs) Do either of you know the name of the manager of Hoffenheim? Hoffenberg. Close. Uh, What's the. Honus. His last name is Honus. Like like the 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 adverb or whatever of ho of, of like he's d- displaying honus by playing Chris Richards those minutes dick move Sebastian honus but um but I think it's terrible a joke Asa Smith <laughs> um but I think it's a testament just like what we all sort of know about Chris Richards is that like he's He's really, really good, and he needs to be playing way more for the U.S. men's national team. And it sucks because, like, in his one game, like, he probably should have given up a penalty. Like, they didn't call it, so it worked out. But, like, he played fine. Like, and you really want him to be at a level where where Burhalter can't – doesn't feel like he can drop him um, because the, the amount that he's considered necessary for a mid-table Bundesliga team is, like, pretty impressive. Well, I was going to say, the, the way that, you know – Berhalter thinks dropping him is not necessary is that he plays more for his mid-level Bundesliga team which may or may not result in playing 50 minutes two days after you're running a full 90. <laughs> this, is a, a catch a, point. this is a catch point two here. It's a double-edged sword of the whole damn thing. Yeah, he needs to play more which involves you know a lot more miles on his legs but if he doesn't get the miles on his legs then he doesn't prove he's indispensable but if he proves he's indispensable then he's going to play more which is more miles on his legs then I can keep going do you want me to keep <laughs> circling this up no I, I, I think I think that that was a, a a real good place to stop but anyways congratulations <laughs> to Chris way to go um let's talk about uh funny shit in England because um Man United lost on the road for the first time in 26 games yeah, they're, they're not happy about it. It's great. <laughs> and, like, it's it's so funny to me because this team, Man United, like, they have spent the money that, like, people are, like, worried Newcastle is going to spend, Man United has spent. Like, I mean, they, they, they got Ronaldo on, like, a whim because he, he, like, mentioned he might go to the rivals. They're like, nah, man. <laughs> and, like, despite all that and despite having uh, – I mean, probably probably a top five player at every single position. Um, certainly in the Premier League, maybe the world, depending on who we're talking about. Um, get doubled up by a Leicester team that was like half paying attention. Yeah, I mean, Twitter was amazing to follow that, that match along with uh, because people were already calling for old Gunner to get fired really before Ronaldo got there. And then he kind of... He kind of got off the hot seat for a little while, but now everybody's like, this guy has to go because of England, England, English soccer is great because everybody overreacts to one match so much that like people can lose their jobs over it. Yeah, Um, it's great. We I mean, we'll get there in the football segment about overreacting to things and firing coaches when maybe you shouldn't. Um, That's a preview of what LSU has done, but stick with us. We'll get there. but I think the funniest thing about this is that obviously, obviously the, you know, I'm a, I'm a Tottenham 
supporter. And, um, you know, Man United has had this like incredible run of not losing on the road. They have the most talented roster. Tottenham is, is, is ahead of them in the table by one. Now, that's a little bit bullshit because Tottenham has a negative three goal differential. Man United has a plus six. So uh, regression to the mean is coming there. <laughs> but well, I think that that's funny. Yeah, but then you take team chemistry into it and sometimes regression to the mean doesn't happen. <laughs> it's like it's like the 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 80s Yankees. Yes, the when 70s. everybody when everybody fucking hate each other. Yeah. Uh yeah. The, the so, only uh real exception to this is the is ironically the 80s Mets where everybody hated each other but they did enough cocaine that nobody cared. So uh so uh old gunner if you're trying to save your job um Apparently, cocaine is <laughs> cocaine seems to work. <laughs> but like, we talked about this a couple episodes ago about how, like, on the national team, uh, Bruno and Ronaldo like can't play together. All of a sudden, like, oh yeah, no, this will definitely work in the Premier League. They're starting to like kind of layer their minutes because I'm gonna guess they just don't like each other. <laughs> And, and it's also like, like, I think that there's probably some personal animosity because I think that Bruno really, really wants to be the guy and Cristiano Ronaldo is not like a, a gracious end of his career type. It's basically um, Favre Rogers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the, the secondary point is that both of them like really, really love the ball. Like they're not, they're not making off, off ball runs. <laughs> right. And like, there's only one ball. Well, and then you have a holding, then you have Pogba, who, you know, is a holding mid. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, because, like, you have three guys who are probably top, I don't know, 25 in the world, 20 in the world, with the ball at their feet, but they all play in the same spine of their offense. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that that'll go swimmingly for them. Almost um, like somebody should have seen that coming. Yeah, maybe. maybe like, maybe somebody could have could have pointed that out. Um Blazer but, uh, family. <laughs> um, but so I uh, just just to uh to to wrap up the like the US men's national team abroad aspect of this. Um Conrad starts, he plays well. I don't know what else there is to say about it. Like I I, I don't know what uh needs to be seen by the powers that be, um, but he's good and he should play. It's right? gotta be coming soon, right? I mean I think so. Like I, I don't I don't know what what the what the secondary plan is beyond just playing uh, Paul Ariola all the time. But then again, he started three games or was supposed to start three games. So what do I know? I was going to say, in fairness, playing pa- Paul Ariola appears to be Berhalter's plan. If we're going to rotate, it, it matters a heck of a lot more to me. With a healthy Geo and a healthy Christian, it it shouldn't matter quite as much who's like the fifth winger on our roster. Yeah, but do you, do you have any amount of confidence that we are going to get through this World Cup qualifying cycle with Gio and Christian? Well, no, we already we've had two windows, and, <laughs> and and you know we just played one of them without the two. So no, I have, I have very low confidence that that either of them are going to stay fit. So it, it does matter to me who gets called up in that sense. And, and yeah, I mean certainly like the the third and fourth have to be Aronson and Wea. Like that's clear. But because Christian is made of glass, um, Geo's not. I think Geo just got hurt. Like, it happens. But Christian's right. made of glass. So, like, I, I think we need to assume that whoever the fifth winger is is really, like, 4B. Well, and also, there, 
one of the big arguments for Ariola on the right is will you let Des just go and do whatever? And yes, like Paul will like track back and run until his legs fall off. He'll run until he hurts himself. I mean, he he clearly unfortunately did that. But Wea tracks back aggressively as well. He's a very hardworking player and obviously has a bit more to offer going forward. So at this point, the whole, oh, he's he's a gritty guy who'll, who'll cover Dest when he, you know, cuts inside and, you know, fires rockets from his left foot. Um, you can say when he does dumb shit. No, it's not dumb. I, <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's, it's sometimes dumb. Well, you know what? At least he tries it. We, yeah. need, we need more Clint Dempsey's and less people who just want to recycle the ball like i'd rather john, john lovitz uh, it's john better lovitz. Da- daniel lovitz jonathan bornstein they're those are oh. two different people john lovitz uh notable comedian <laughs> that's why i got really confused <laughs> um no but like like the, the to the point about it's like paul Ariola is great because he has a super high work rate well you know it's better than having a super high work rate a winger who can score goals <laughs> that but like having a super high work rate and being talented. It's like the whole thing about like, you know, um, you can be both. Yeah. Apparently it's like, like people always say like, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yes. But what if talent does work hard? You play some way. <laughs> like and they play the, the right way. There you exactly. go. Every episode, every episode. <laughs> I, I, it is nice to know that, I mean, was it a perfect window? Obviously not. But when the the players who we think are, quote, the right players were on the field, like things worked out for the U.S. And we had probably our two best attacking players, not probably, clearly our two best attacking players injured and still managed to look pretty confident or competent when the right lineup was on the field as far as, hey, we can score goals and and, and connect passes. (laughs) Well, I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen in November because November, this is just the two-game window, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In theory, there shouldn't really need to be that much rotation. So, like, we might actually get to see what Burholter actually believes is his A squads. Uh, because, he, I mean, if he tries to rotate again, then he's just full of shit because you don't really need to use that much rotation. And also, like, it's a, it's a two-game window, and, and game one, you're playing your, your first team because it's Mexico at home. That's, that's You're playing your best. I don't care. Um, but the second game, like, it's, it's at Jamaica. It's not that far of a flight comparatively to, to some other places in, in Central America. So, like, right. it's not even like it's, like, a huge burden. So I, I think that, that the, we'll the see toughest- probably – Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. I was just going to say, like, I think that we'll probably see, um, you know, 17 players play max. Yeah. The toughest part of the travel will be collecting all these guys from Europe and getting them to Cincinnati. After that, it's it's pretty minor stuff. Yeah. So you just got to hope that everyone shows up healthy and happy. And um, I'm really glad that the first game Dest is playing against Mexico in a World Cup qualifier is going to be on U.S. soil just because... When he's comfortable, he's sensational, and seemingly when he's not, um, things just don't come off for him. Well, also, he likes to talk shit, so he might get, you know, hit with something if he's in Azteca. I mean, shit, he could have gotten hit with something if he was in Denver. But I think Cincinnati might be – like, we've we've talked about this. Like, I don't know that there's, like – like, that's probably one of the safer locales for a U.S. Mexico game. Listen, he could have gotten hit with something in Denver, but Kevin's arm isn't that strong, so it's fine. Good. That's a good point. 
Um, to, Just, I, to, to be clear for all the listeners, for, for the tens of twenties of you out there, I did not throw anything on the field. Let's be clear. <laughs> right. Because you don't have the arm for it. You <laughs> threw it and it just hit somebody in the stand. That, yeah. That, you only got into section 203. It's not, yeah. Not for lack of trying. Um, <laughs> so that actually brings me to like the, 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 since this is like, this is like the first, um, the first ability to, we have to like, sort of like look back. Okay. We've now played six games. Six of the fourteen games, um, we've got two windows. So, um, of the of the players who are who are more or less fringe, um, in your mind or or otherwise, who do you think? And and, and we'll go just sort of one one and one. Um, like who's who's the player who you think like most played themselves into the situation? And then we'll go around and say uh, who played themselves out. Um, but I assume whoever goes first gets Sebastian Lejet. But we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> So, Kevin, like, who do you think, like, really played themselves in? He may have already been in, but I think Miles Robinson, I think two windows ago, or maybe even before this window, you would say, oh, John Brooks is your your lockdown starter, and then it's who do you pair with John Brooks? And at this point in my mind, it's who do you pair with Miles Robinson, uh, especially playing in this region. His it's unfortunate that we have to deal with recovery runs, but I think that's just the nature of kind of how we're going to have to play and his ability to, to just turn and run and cover ground and put out fires um, while still, I think being perfectly adequate in the air and perfectly adequate with his distribution. Um, he's, he's my first center back at this point. I know that John Brooks has the pedigree and he distributes the ball better and blah, 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 but he's my first center back. Okay. That's a, that's, that's a valid take. I think, I think that that's probably correct. Like going into this, certainly, certainly not the first window, but this window, I think that, that we probably would have said, um, you know, miles is one of the two through five, but now, you know, I, I think that there's a good argument to say, it, at least with form, he's, he's our most, our most undroppable center back. But what, what about you, Stumpy? Who do you think? Played in uh, my favorite pun base player, Timothy Weah. <laughs> uh, show your work i mean the the work was basically the costa rica game and what we just went through he brings everything to the table that paul ariel well i don't know why that's such a tongue twister for me that areola does without you know having to be a grit lord gym rat like he's got (laughs) actual talent so again this is all predicated on you know greg seeing these things the same way but I, I think that Tim Weah should be starting over Paul Ariel a full stop every single time. Yeah. And I think that there's an argument to be made that, that you push you push Gio to the midfield and you let Weah start just bar nothing. But that brings me to, to the player who I thought played himself in so much so that, that Gio stays on the wing, which is I thought Eunice Musa. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought that he – like. I, I liked him, but I also was like, he's 18. I don't know that he's actually right now a starter, right? Like, I don't know that he can do it game in, game out. And um, uh, so I actually thought the opposite. I thought that he was already, you know, in pen as a starter. They were just waiting for him to make sure that he was healthy. Uh, that's why I kind of glossed over him. It, it kind of seemed like even when he wasn't healthy, they were just waiting for him to get there. Yeah, I mean, his talent level and his ability to drive play forward um, is is super impressive. Um, and so I'm hopeful, like, I'm hopeful that Valencia will start playing him in the, in the middle because he seems so comfortable just, like, on that half turn. 
and just like go. And I think that that's, that's such a useful talent, especially when our other midfielders are not necessarily in that mold. Like I love Wes, but Wes isn't going to dribble people, you know, and neither is Tyler, but uh, I think Musa adds something to that, that, that nobody else really does. I mean, Gio could do it obviously. So it's just a question of whether you prefer Musa or Wea. And I think that those, that's like a, a good problem to have. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, about. In, I agree. In, in a way, I, I do wonder. Wea. <laughs> What's that? In a way. In in a way, I do wonder if <laughs> if if having so Polisic, I think you just have to play on the left because he's. I haven't in recent memory. I don't recall him really ever being effective on the right. But can, can you play Aronson on the right? I think you can. Doesn't he do that for for Salzburg? I mean, I know he played on the left pretty much this entire camp. But I feel like with him and Wea both being pretty, pretty, you know, competent wingers, it, it further strengthens the argument to put Gio in the middle. And I still think of him as more of a true 10 when he plays in the middle. And it almost turns into Musa and McKenney fighting for more of that, like, shuttler, box-to-box kind of destroyer with them doing different things better. I think Musa's ability to turn a person and, and dribble and progress the ball that way is obviously better than McKenney's. I think McKenney maybe picks his head up a little bit better and hits uh, switches. Although Musa had that one ridiculous, like outside of the boot, like flip up the field to dust. Um, but it's good problems to have if everyone's healthy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice to be <laughs> having positive memories of most of these guys within the last, you know, 40, 48 months and saying, Oh, how do we shuffle these guys around versus being like, Oh God, who's scoring goals in the second Bundesliga? <laughs> and can Fafa Pico come over and like save our World Cup qualifying like window? Um, that's so yeah, that sucked. Uh, so so, but on the flip side, like who do you think played themselves out? Like, I think there's an obvious answer, but we can we can talk about him or we can talk about everybody else. I've got one. Go ahead, Zach Steffen. Come on down. Really? Well, are we talking about that's a hot of, take? Show your work <laughs> out of the starting lineup or off the roster. I didn't define it, so you get to you get to pick your own adventure. Yeah, so I still think he should be on the roster. Don't get me wrong. I, I have to imagine that he's still easily one of the three most talented goalies in the country. It depends uh, but, on whether you consider Ethan Horvath one or three goalies. Yep, that's fair. Ethan's Horvath. <laughs> but I, I, this is the same thing I kind of went on a mini rant on last episode. Like, the primary, the primary goal of a goalkeeper should be to keep the ball out of the net. Unfortunately, out of the three slash, you know, five goalies we have on the roster, depending on how many Ethan Swerfat there are, uh, he's probably at the bottom in terms of the skill and to do that. Like, I will finally admit it that I would prefer an MLS keeper or an MLS player to a European one just because Matt Turner doesn't let the ball get into the net. I, I don't, unless our entire game is being built out of the ball coming, you know, the goalkeeper bringing the ball up 
I think that we should be going with Matt Turner, who can just stop the ball more often, which is, in my mind, the most important skill he can have. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear that. The good news is, is that there's a rumor that um, Matt Turner just applied for uh, Lithuanian citizenship um, so that he can go over to Europe. So your Euro snobbery can, can come back in full effect soon, I think. Excellent. I can't wait. Um, that's the rumor. Like, I, I don't know, but I, I, I'm willing to bet that, that, uh, New England have gotten a couple of calls, um, about him. And, and if he can get a European passport, then he can go play, you know, wherever. I, I don't know. I don't know what his level is. You know, I like, I, I don't know if he is, if Matt Turner is like, I mean, he's not, he's not elite level. I think that that's, that's fair because he can't play with his feet at all. So like, how much does that stop him? And like, does that mean that he can play, you know? mid-level Bundesliga I don't know you know but it'll be interesting to see and and if he actually goes of course well yeah but I think that puts it I think that would put him in mid-level Bundesliga that puts him it it will affect what sort of team he goes to he's not going to go to a possession heavy team obviously because you know if they're not going to track back to him and I don't think he'll go to a team that relies you know so much on counters because he can't really start them but any defensive team that wants to sit back and absorb possession or absorb pressure from the other squad, I, that's I, that's I think where the role that he's going to need to fill. Yeah, and and so goalie be, for that team, right? You'd be looking at at, at like a you know I don't know I, I I I cannot off the top of my head think about like a specifically good defensive Bundesliga team. I guess Mainz, Mainz. Yeah, Mainz. I don't, so I don't know enough about tactics, but I think that that lets him play in any league in the world. But he's going to be limited as to it it in my mind it's either going to be a bottom of the table team fighting for relegation to a mid-level team because typically you know jose Mourinho Mourinho side uh the top level teams aren't the kind that just sit there and absorb a pressure absorb pressure absorb pressure so it's gonna have to be somebody that's kind of like i mean it's gonna be it's- hell watching his matches because it's just gonna be a barrage of shots on him but he's proven he can take the pressure and like like you're talking about like like a Burnley type yes. squad like so like even in the in the in the Premier League like I don't know that he I, I don't think I'm not saying he's a Premier League level but like for the Premier League like it would be that type of team yeah that's that's what I'm envisioning yes okay all right so uh okay so Kevin who's your who's your person who whose stock is, is most down either out of the starting lineup out of the rotation uh out of the team uh etc I mean, it's it's like lazy and obvious, but there's there's one person who really just seemed to not do their job, and it's legit. And we've ragged on him enough on this podcast and within U.S. soccer media, um, which includes us, which includes us. We are we are the media, but he's other players that maybe went on the field that that didn't do enough. You could say, oh, like Roldan Acosta, someone like that, but I they aren't asked to do as much as Legetta's when he's in that midfield trio, as far as being like, okay, you are going to be the spark plug. Like Acosta can come on and, and do his thing. And like, I don't know, what can you really expect out of Roldan at this point? As much as I like him for the Sounders, like he's been a nothing burger for the national team, but neither of them are getting consistent starts and, and tons and tons of minutes like Legit. So for him, I think when we're fully healthy, um, try somebody else right and 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 you begin to wonder like okay like if if you have your your healthy mma midfield and you're gonna play maybe 
Reyna there. So that's that's two people who can play in that 10-ish role. So that would be Musa and Reyna. And then you're like, you get into a situation where like, why would you, why would you have Lejet on the field? Because there are such better options. And, and if you're going to pl- consider the position as a true 10, and we start to see McKenney play a bit closer to Adams, which I think might be the right answer. Um, then you can start playing luxury players too. And I'm, I haven't seen enough and I don't know enough about De La Torre to be like, Oh, he should be starting for this team. But uh, there's plenty of coverage there. If you have Adams and McKenney putting out fires behind them, where you can put a guy in there whose only job is to be progressive with his passes and, um, you know, be dangerous creating scoring opportunities. Yeah. And I, I think like I was going to, I mean, legit was the obvious answer to me, but now that, that that's off the list. Um, I, I have to say that uh, I think that the, um, until further notice, the Shaq Moore experiment is, is no longer a thing. Um, you know, we need it. We, once it became clear, like now that he's not playing for his club, when he came on the field, he looked like, like a kid, like, like with like a chicken with his head cut off. Like he didn't know where he was balls. He was, he was kicking, weren't going where he wanted to. Um, and I think that like, that's just like not something you can have. Um, but I, I think that, you know, like until and unless he gets his club fit situation figured out, I, I don't think that he's someone who I want to see on the roster. Um, there are better options out there. Uh, you know, be it, be it Deandre Edlin and Joe Scally is like sort of a swing fullback. I think Ben mentioned that in the group chat. Um, like he could play both ways so he can, he can be like a fifth fullback, you know, regardless. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know that we need Shaq more on, on the roster. I would agree with that. I, I also think that Yedlin made his name with the national team because he was so blazing fast and could get forward and not crosses into the box. And that was good enough when he was doing it. But if you also just tell him to, Hey, try to you know be defensive be disciplined and run like heck when you have to he's he has recovery speed he's physical he's not going to be afraid he, I, I don't think his eyes are going to get big going into azteca i think that there was a reason in the nation's league final that he he started that game and it's because he, uh, he's an adult and he's up for it so i i agree there i don't think that we need i think our fullback position with yedling re-emerging in turkey and joe scally popping up uh, I don't think that we need him as well. I'd agree. I was yeah. going to say, I think that uh, Yedlin, part of the benefit to him being on the roster is if anybody throws things on the field again, I'm most convinced that Yedlin will throw it back. He's a 28-year-old adult, and that's that's huge when you have – I mean, he's 10 years older than some of our starters – and he has a lot of experience in different leagues and he has world cup experience, which is um, at a premium <laughs> given what <laughs> happened three and a half years ago, four years ago. Uh, so, pre- precisely four years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. It's precise. So yeah, I like having Edlin in camp and I, I would prefer to see him as our rotational um, fullback. Yeah. I mean, I'd prefer to see Joe Scally, but I'll I'll settle for DeAndre Yedlin. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. 
it, and well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out completely free, completely free, but they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like you got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can't. I can't. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burrell. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need the second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just, Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. What more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What what do you want? Um, So here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're... we're we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do, do you want to do you want to do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So. Here for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream.
How's it going, Coach? It's going well. I'm enjoying myself. Uh, are, are you are you Coach O at a practice? Uh, no, I'm one of Coach O's girlfriends at a practice, which means that my children get to, you know, run drills. <laughs> oh, God. If that's uh, true, that's ridiculous. I, I don't know how much I believe that because I feel like that would have been leaked long before now, but if that's true, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so so for those of our listeners who who, who didn't see this, um, I think, did we retweet this or no? I, don't, I haven't checked in a while. Okay. I've been on Twitter a little while. Okay, so I was I was on the plane when this when this happened. Um, but there was a report out of a a local like Baton Rouge or or at the very least local Louisiana um, reporter who said that uh, during practices, uh, Coach Coach O would have girlfriends there and their kids would hop in on drills. Um, I assume these were not contact drills, but because it didn't specify, I like to believe that they that, that like you had like a seven year old doing an, an Oklahoma drill. No, that's I mean, if you look at who his girlfriends are rumored to be, there's absolutely no way they have college age children. The, the, this has to be like seven year olds. Yeah, right. Like, it's not like like, oh, we he's not go- be, he's not being rumored to date women in their 50s. He's r- rumored to be dating like 32 year olds, which, you know, and a 24 year old, which I'm assuming doesn't have a 17 year old. But I don't I don't I don't think so. I would assume not, but I don't want to make too many assumptions uh yeah let's anyways um so so like we we should we should talk about about the coach o situation um it was leaked today that uh he's being relieved of his duties at lsu at the end uh, of the year at the end of the year which is so weird like it's so i mean the the timing of the whole thing is weird he won yesterday a big game he beat florida was what top 20 yeah they were 19th and they were they were top 20 top 20 program and his team set a record for rushing yards against against uh, an opponent or against Florida. And he is less than two years from a national championship with arguably the greatest offense of all time. And last year was a weird pandemic year. So, like, he realistically got fired six games after winning a national title. Yep. Give or take. Hey, guys. How you doing, Angus? Talking about Coach O. Sure are. Girlfriend Rodney Dangerfield of college football. I mean, that's not a bad point. Like I get can no you risk. imagine <laughs> like like he got he, he he got told to leave USC. And he was After. he was like really good at USC. He was like six and oh as an interim coach or something. Yeah, and they were like, We don't like your accent. This is Southern California. Yeah, but I was gonna say he was, like, and, he was six and oh and he got the entire team to rally around him. That was the right. big thing because that team was in complete dysfunction. He shows up and all of a sudden they're all like, "Yeah, we're bought in." Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what? Um. so so it's 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 a crazy story and and the 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 best take I saw about it I I, I think I sent it to you guys. Um, some random Twitter <laughs> user I don't remember who it was. I'm sure I'll retweet it at some point. It was like, what LSU just did was. We just uh, fired our coach who just won a national title and is in either the hardest or second hardest division in the country with uh, having to play Saban every year. Um, Come coach at LSU. Yeah, so that's the thing I was talking about with uh, Michigan fan accounts right now are also losing their minds about 
oh yeah, Mel Tucker's going to go to LSU. Like, why would he not? It's such an objectively better job. It's like, listen, man, if I had the option of taking the LSU job or the MSU job right now with Nick Saban still singing in Alabama, I'm taking the MSU job every single time. I mean, the thing is, is that especially well, given no, no, because hang on, hang on, hang, on, hang on. think about it, think about I, it. No, I, I, I agree, but like, I don't think that logic applies to everybody. I don't, I don't know what Mel Tucker's connection is to LSU. He's, he's coached he, yeah he's he got he's he got SEC them? ties he he coached there when Saban went so he 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 went with uh, Saban from Michigan State to LSU but the, here's the thing about LSU is that LSU very clearly is like a national championship or bust that's how it views itself as a program right um but you 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 currently sit in a division with Saban once every four years Auburn is going to do something stupid um, yeah. Well, you sit in division with Saban, so you're guaranteed to play him once, right? If not having to play him twice, when right. would he play him twice? Playoff, oh, playoff. playoff. Yeah. So, so like, there, it's 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 a ridiculously difficult expectations job. Now, it's it's one of the easier recruiting jobs. Um, it recruits itself. You you know, I I, yeah. I don't know that that. Outside of Ohio State, I can't think of a school that has put a fence around its state quite like them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get to basically just pick who you want out of Louisiana for the most right. part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you have to fight off, you know, for, 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 the, for the super high-level guys, they never leave. Like, I, you know, Michigan State got a four-star out of Louisiana. It was, like, the first time ever for Michigan State. And Michigan State is, like, a good program. So, like, that's the level of keeping their shit in Louisiana. Well, yeah, but Saban, Saban's doing – been doing very well in Louisiana lately. Well, it's Saban. I mean, Saban's going to yeah, do where, Saban, well wherever man. he wants. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Why would you get closer to him? Right, right. And like, and and talking about just like Mel Tucker. Like, look, I don't know what Mel Tucker is going to do. I, you know, if he wants to go to the best possible job, it's not Michigan State. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not ruffling any feathers here. Michigan State is not the best job in the country. <laughs> Um, it's in fact a very difficult job. You have to deal with Michigan, Ohio State, and Notre Dame all, and Penn State all within a state of each other. So it's a difficult as hell job. But LSU isn't that much easier. No, it's so, not easier, but it's, it, I think it comes with more prestige. Does it? I mean... Yeah, it's in the SEC. So, I mean, so sorry. Vanderbilt. Right, well, <laughs> being in the SEC, it doesn't, doesn't guarantee prestige, but it's, it is LSU, like... It's a good. It's a really good job. It's a really it's good job. On like how you think about it, it, it it's, it's honestly like I think com- it comes down to preferences. Um, I mean, like I think at MSU, Tucker has a much longer leash for sure. Yeah. So, like, do you want to go down there and you know maybe get canned in two years because you won a championship and then you and then your team quote unquote fell apart at, two years later? I don't know. Like that. That sounds ridiculous to me. But, it is ridiculous. It's it's patently ridiculous. Yeah, but, it's it's really like it's it's very Texas Texas like. <laughs> yeah, like it's, well, I was gonna say they now see they now view themselves as like, or they're they're turning themselves into Texas or USC, where the uh, <clears throat> it's just a completely toxic environment. Yeah, yeah, and they they dealt with uh, the Mad Hatter for how many years? Like what? <laughs> yeah, so so that, that's many, the thing. How many medi- mediocre mediocre teams? Did Les Miles put out before they were like, you know what, man? He won ten games a year. Yeah, like, no, he two, won, ten, man. He, he he won ten games a year. Like he including was including the year he got fired, and those yeah. were and there was like one in the middle of the year where he had a bunch of people graduate at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> Gary Quotes like, graduate. 
Um, so, so anyways, I think the thing is with like, with LSU is that just like, you can't, uh, you can't fire your way to success. And like, who, who is a better coach? Who's a better fit? Who's going to take this roster and, 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 and look at, you know, Saban in the eye or Kirby smart in the eye, like Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Ma- Fisher, Jimbo, like, <laughs> right. Like what, what are we, what are we talking about here? Unless, 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 unless somebody has already cut a deal with Urban Meyer, how many coaches are are really going to come in and be demonstrably better? I don't even think Urban Meyer would take that job. I don't think Urban Meyer wants to go to a conference where he has to no. Urban face Meyer wouldn't multiple. take that job. Yeah, he doesn't want to have to face Alabama every couple of weeks. He wants to face uh, <laughs> as many Vanderbilts as he can. I thought you were going to say Purdue, and I was going to say, so, does he really want to play Purdue? I was can we talk about Rutgers. the girlfriends thing for a second? And we whether or not, did. like, that's fake or real? It's probably real, but they, oh, like, it's... probably probably chose to ignore it, and now they're just, like, I don't know. Uh, well, it's leaked. Dumping season. Gruden emails out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just like, oh, well, we need to leak justification for firing our coach after a top 20 win. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, actual games happened this weekend. None were as funny as that. But I, I want to talk about the biggest game of the weekend, the, the game that we had all circled as being um, absolutely paramount to watch. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about, of course. Tennessee Ole Miss. No. Close, yeah. but no. You're UConn talking about, Yale. like, the worst game of the week, Michigan State-Indiana. Oh, UConn-Yale. UConn football's for us. UConn football is for us. And now they uh, have won a game. Congratulations to the UConn football program. You beat a fucking school that doesn't have scholarships by six. (laughs) By six? They were up by 21 at one point. It was 21 to 15. Oh, my God. They were up 21 nothing at one point. Um, I I, I cannot express to you. Like, it's funny when UConn loses. But somehow they figured out a way to be funnier when they win. Because... They 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 averaged three point one yards per carry against Yale. Yale. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's not good. Three point one <laughs> yards per Yale put up four yards per carry on them. To be, fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Yale Yale is in the same conference as the school that invented football. So you know. <laughs> are we? Are you taking that away from Rutgers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say no, it's not. <laughs> uh, taking that away from Rutgers is very funny to me. Well, I I thought it. All right, okay, I thought it was like kind of up in the air between Princeton and Rutgers. Uh, Princeton doesn't claim it, and Rutgers does. So I think that like that's why, uh, like Rutgers is all about birthplace of college football, and I think Princeton would like. Princeton is fine. Princeton thinks it's a black mark on their record. Like, oh, we didn't do that savagery. <laughs> It's like, like you, you go down the list of shitty things that Princeton has done and produced, and you're like, college football is not on the top 20. Whereas Rutgers, like, outside of a couple of STDs, football is probably the most notable thing it's done. We can't have football here, but Woodrow Wilson's name on a school, we can do that for, like, how many decades? <laughs> That's the point, right? Like, it's like, like you, you think about the shitty things that have come out of Princeton, it's like, college football is not the worst. Yeah, but that's an intellectual shitty thing. Football isn't. Right, right. Yeah. So, so there's uh, a standard here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, so yeah, so Michigan State played a game. It was fine. Uh, they oh, they won. Stuck for like three quarters. That was a bad game. I need I, to say like... something. I need to say something, and I need to say something in my own defense. Okay, uh-huh. rough show. 
I said with that, but I said on this podcast that Peyton Thorne was turning into a player who could win you games, not just not lose you games. And they don't win that game if he doesn't make that catch. Um, he went up, he, he, he high pointed the ball, got a foot down. Now, can he win you games as a quarterback? Jerry's still out. As wide receiver, great work. Great work. Yeah, Hunt should never have thrown that ball either. No. Falling backwards, just nope. launched it. With his offhand. Wait, he's left-handed? He's left-handed. And he oh, that makes it so much worse. to the quarterback. He threw it to the guy who does not practice catching a football. He and, threw but, it to the double-teamed quarterback. <laughs> but you know what? On a dime. That was yeah, it. That was there was a window to, in which he could deliver that ball, and somehow he nailed that window. It was phenomenal. Um, it but, was the best pass of the day by either team. Oh, easily, yeah. Um, so Wait, I, how many how many drops did Freifogel have? It seemed like at least ten. I know that's not right. It seemed like at least no. 10. Michigan State had way more. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was just like, it was the type of game where it was like, it was very clear that Michigan State was the better team, but it was, it was also very comical. clear. Huh? It was just comical. There, yeah. there were like three interceptions in a row from both yeah. teams. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was the type of game that like, it was very clear that it was like noon game, but just before a bye week, just before the Michigan game and Michigan State like didn't get off the bus until midway through the third quarter. Yeah. Um, and against 2021 Indiana, that's enough. It's fine. Um, yeah, so uh, I think I mentioned this in text messages. And I think I can say this because I don't think he listens to this. But I've watched, uh, as I've mentioned before, Fox Sports streaming is the worst. So I, my dad was down here and we streamed the first half at my house. And then second half started, it immediately started going out. So we went to a, the, like, the physically closest bar, which is like a pizza, pizza bar place. Oh, is that it the was, chicken place? No, not that one. Uh, it, there was, I know what you're thinking about. There's, uh, it was us, the obviously the wait staff, and like two people at the bar, and there was no audio for the game. So he decided to comment on the entire second half to literally the entire bar while nobody else was listening. Wait, awesome. your dad, your dad took the Jim Brockmeyer approach to the bar, essentially, just like just like talking strategy. Out Any anybody, the the uh, the manager did come by at one point to like talk to him about it, but it was very clear that the manager was interested because he had taken Michigan State. And not because he was like a Michigan State fan. It's like, Dad, you guys don't. Your guys's, your guys's priorities aren't aligned here. You understand that, right? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Your, your, uh, the waiter was part of like the Michigan State mob that beat Vegas. Yep. Yes. Darren Rovell pointed that out. That um, Vegas took a bath on that game. I think the. I think it was. I think it ended up averaging out to eighty-four percent of the money was on Michigan State to cover, and they covered by. Half a point. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was in the dumbest fashion. Jesus. It was. I mean, like that. That whole game was was just was was like that. Um, but the point is, is that Michigan State against, and I say against all odds. I mean, like their over under for wins was four and a half or five and a half. Um, they're seven and zero. They're a top ten team, and Michigan is a Northwestern big noon Saturday game away. Oh my um, God! I can't believe that's big noon Saturday. Oh, oh yeah. Well, they they just name whatever they want. Big noon Saturday. Fox Sports sucks. Uh, I mean, yeah. next next week's slate, and obviously we'll talk about it later in the week. Next week's slate sucks. Like I, uh, I haven't looked at it. It's bad. I don't think there's a ranked game. 
there is, an, there is not there, big there's not Saturday. a ranked versus ranked game. Um, you you can you can sell me on the biggest game of the weekend being uh, what UCLA Oregon. Yeah, isn't that a ranked game? No, UCLA is not ranked. Oh, they're just like just outside of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's Pitt versus Clemson. That's the biggest game of the week. <laughs> oh. Uh, Lane oh. Kiffin, Lane <laughs> Kiffin's current job and future job, uh, Ole Miss LSU. So that'll be fun. I get like like the, that's the thing is that like this weekend sucks. So like they 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 like all right, Michigan's a draw, so we'll put them on the noon slate and people will watch because that's how that works. We'll um, also wear a Michigan win and then like another top five upset away from <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State being yeah being a top five matchup on Halloween, uh, oh Devil's God. Night oh, night God. game. And you can and you can make a good argument that 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 it's not even the best the best game of the weekend because in two weeks you have Michigan, Michigan State, you have Ohio State, Penn State. You have uh, Ole Miss Auburn, which is going to be a top fifteen game. Uh, you got um, you got uh, you got you got the the or the whatever it's called Georgia Florida. Um, so uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party, right? Not barbecue. Um, I suppose they eat barbecue, right? I would assume so. I mean, Georgia does. Florida probably does a really bad version of barbecue. I mean, I think that they can probably cook gators. I would just, oh, that's sacrilegious. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I assume they could as well, but like, I don't know if they do that in, inside of Gainesville city limits. Yeah, it, it seems like a bad omen like to, to, to do that. Um, so the I'm actual... pretty sure the Georgia tailgate will cook a gator, though. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, so, so the, uh, the other, the other uh, news of the, the day, I, I don't know if you guys watched, but. Um, Dan Campbell finally quit. The Lions wow. got to him. He tried his best, but down 27 to nothing, he kicked a field goal. <laughs> yep. RIP. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. We loved you, uh, but losing 34 to three or whatever. So that who, who was kicking the ball? Was it the ghost of Jason Hansen? Because I don't think we've done that since the ghost of Jason Hansen was kicking field goals for the Lions. Uh, the, uh, the current kicker for the lions is a man by the name of, wait, is it Prater still? No, no. he's in Arizona. Uh, yeah. it's, oh, it's Austin, Austin Seabird. Yeah. He was the, the Oklahoma kicker. That's, that's not the same one that was like the third stringer who no field goals for no, no. Uh, cause Seabird was injured and that's why that guy was kicking. Oh, okay. Got um, it. So, so. Here's here's a, a crazy little stat for you. Jared Goff threw the ball 42 times. Ugh. He, <laughs> uh, he had 43 dropbacks because he because he was sacked once. What do you think his total output was on those 43 plays? Was it better or worse than the Indiana kids? Uh, it was it was 192 yards and a pick. So that's slightly that's better. Slightly better than Indiana, who threw the ball 52 times for, like, 150 yards. They um, yeah. threw the ball more than 50 times? Yep. Yes. Indi- they, Indiana ran They had less plates. than four yards per attempt. Do you know how bad that is? <laughs> like, it's, oh, it's, wait, wait, wait. So, I, I forgot to ask this. How bad is Nick Sheridan as an offensive coordinator? Uh, I think that he was, he was he, he, you could tell by the, by the game plan that, that his quarterback can't throw the ball. He was he he had him throwing to running backs 
like behind the line scrimmage over and over and over again. Are yeah. you trying to speak offensive coordinator Nick Sheridan at Michigan into existence? Please, dear God. I'm not <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that I'm trying to pump up the value of Nick Sheridan so that when Jim Harbaugh inevitably leaves uh, and J- Josh Gaddis takes over, he looks in, in conference for a former Michigan quarterback to take over the reins. I'm not saying that, but it would make a lot of sense. <laughs> it would make a lot of sense. Indiana's offense, explosive. Uh, oh, God. 3.6 yards per attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big 10. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's – I mean, like, that's the thing about Indiana. Like, that game, Michigan State's defense has been bad this year. Um, they not they bad. made Michigan State's defense look good. And, yeah. All right. But, and, but, sorry. Like, I don't I... – I don't want to get on the disrespect train because that's always bad for, for Michigan, Michigan fans going into going into Michigan, Michigan state weekend, which is two weeks away. Yeah. But Michigan state defense is pretty, is decent. It's decent to good, but Indiana made them look great. <laughs> no, well, they looked horrible in that game. Oh, I, I disagree. I, th- I think that, th- that they played that game exactly how they wanted to, which is you want to check down over and over again. Fine. Soft coverage. Fine. Run yeah. 15 plays a drive. You yeah. won't. It's what, it's what Michigan State used to do to Denard Robinson, which is, I bet you can't string together 10 positive plays in a row. That's just like the definition of a bend-don't-break defense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't think that you are going to competently run this offense 10 times a row. The problem is, is that, the, that, that Sean Clifford's Penn State and definitely Ohio State um, can. Uh, so if Michigan State has any ambitions beyond this weekend, uh, they're going to have to figure that out. But the, the, the most telling thing that happened about, about this game and what it meant to Michigan State and what the goal was here was after the game, someone asked Xavier Henderson, who's, who's the, probably the, the undisputed leader of the team. He's the safety. He said, you know, 24-hour rule, but, uh, you know, obviously you guys are, are focused. You know, are, are you guys, like, going to start focusing on Michigan right now? And he sort of, like, half smiled. He was like, we've been focused on them for a little bit. <laughs> So, like, I think that, like, this team has been, like, I, they, I don't want to say they overlooked the old brass spit bucket game, but I think they probably were, like, we can go half speed. It's yeah, fun. so my my theory for Michigan next weekend, they're, I, Northwestern is a demonstrably worse team than Indiana. Yeah. I think it's going to be just as – it's going to be pretty ugly because I have a feeling they're going to treat Northwestern the way they treated Rutgers, which is this is practice. And like yeah. everything that we're running right now is is in in anticipation for the week after. Yes, no, it's going to be nothing related to Northwestern. I, except I bet for you're going to win. Yeah, like the same thing with Rutgers, where like Michigan Michigan ran a ton of split zone that game, yeah. and they hadn't done it before, and they had really done it since. And you like you're like in retrospect, it makes sense. It was like, oh, we we have a live opponent. Let's work on this thing that like we're should be part of our it. offense. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, okay, great. And like, I bet like against, against Northwestern, I bet you see like a ton of like inside zone or duo. Yeah. yeah. And you're, and you're like, do you really want to run the same call 20 times? And it's like, we're going to do it until we get it right. This is practice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Who's going to stop us? It's at Fitzgerald, please. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could also imagine that there's probably, I, there's going to be a lot of JJ McCarthy in that game too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if we see if we see a ton of JJ McCarthy, and I also 
I, I'm getting really excited for MGO blog to be super pissed because they're going to go through this game and be like, the quarterbacks never, never kept on a, on a read. They never kept. And it's like, yeah, because they're not going to take hits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're doing today. Um, but the other, the other bit of, of news is we do have to give a, a, a hearty congratulations, a hearty congratulations to not to you. No. Uh, to uh, London's football team, the London Jaguars uh, won a game today, <laughs> and now they have a week off with with Urban Meyer just hanging out in London. Uh, apologies <laughs> to our British. Friends. I wonder what could happen there. Nothing bad, well, I suppose. In fairness, he doesn't have his own restaurant there, so it's a little bit harder to get hold of giant Shelly teenies. <laughs> Goes up to the bar. Can I have the Shelly teeny? What's the Shelly teeny, sir? Screw you guys. I'm out of here. I'm leaving this damn country. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting a direct flight to Columbus. Uh, I don't think Heathrow goes to Columbus, sir. <laughs> it might. What kind of crap continent is this? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I still can't get over naming the giant drink after your wife. Like, there is no other way to make her look like more of an alcoholic than that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just like, it's not just that it's it's an alcoholic drink. Is an alcoholic drink that's meant for like three people. It's the like a bachelorette drink. <laughs> it's made. It's made for six people, but because this is the Midwest, it's drank by two to three. <laughs> D- depending. The on only whether- way it can get worse is that that uh, the map of the excessive drinking in the Midwest is my new favorite thing because of the delineated state lines. Like Ohio and Indiana are both like, I will have one beer. Fine, whatever. <laughs> Michigan and Illinois are like, yeah, you know, I've had a couple with with dinner, but I can still drive. And then there's Wisconsin, who is just dark blue. It's like, fuck it, you gotta die of something. (laughs) Special thank you to our guests, our lovely guests, uh, Angus, who you can find on Twitter, at jburger90, um, and Kevin, who you can't find on Twitter because he doesn't believe in the internet. He lives in the mountains and, and only comes down to record podcasts. Uh, you can find Greg at Mr. Mojo Rising 89 and you can find all of us, including me, at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, uh, where we're talking about uh, everything, including occasionally baseball. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, uh, the Anchor App and the Smith Workforce Management Group. Um, special thank you to Instagram for working with us. We're going to get that up and running shortly. Uh, don't worry about that. And uh, a special thank you to you, the listener. Uh, We couldn't and wouldn't do this without you, so please like, subscribe, share, give five stars, all that other fun stuff. Um, And we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Sports Social Podcast Network.